The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Homans Chronicles, and I am Sarah. And I'm Nicole. And that was Sarah's hot breath that we just all heard. Yeah. Man, I don't think you need to hold it that close. <laughs> We've only been doing this for three years. And you no, it's think, fine. You it's think fine. we'd have a smooth open, but no, Never. sure no. don't. Um, so we have a guest with us today that I'm really excited to talk to, especially because her her instagram gives off the vibe that she has this very like luxurious life and so <laughs> she does look bougie as shit I, i'm like wanting I'm to know how this is happening and how i can do it so i'm gonna welcome professional matchmaker and dating coach anika rashan to the show welcome yeah, thank you guys so much. I'm Anika. I am so happy to be here. And I love that you think that I live a luxurious life. It definitely is like all the tricks of the trade in Instagram, but I can definitely do some of those tricks. Angles. Small <laughs> well, angles. Exactly. <laughs> and everything. Well, it's really funny to me that I also like I have guys on dating apps comment on my Instagram because I have my Instagram connected to my profile and they think that I live this like lavish lifestyle. Like I have a picture of me in front of a Bentley, not mine, not even anybody who owns it. Like a friend rented it for a day for his wedding, but they think that because that's what they see, they're like, wow, like, I don't, I don't even know what kind of lifestyle you live. And I'm like, are you, are we serious about this? Oh my God. Like, you do look kind of fucking bougie on your Insta. <laughs> I never really looked at your whole <laughs> shit before. But Anika's is way, way bougier than mine. Thank She's God. got all kinds of <laughs> tropical photos. I have tropical <laughs> photos from one destination currently. She has them from multiple. I mean, she is a nomad, digitally speaking, so I can understand that. Exactly. You know, and there's, there's definitely different type of nomads out there. There's the ones that like to live a little bit more lavishly, and then there's the ones that like to live a little bit more sim simply. And, I mean, that definitely ties into, like, some dating stories I have and, like, how that's a big issue, you know, making sure you want to live the same type of lifestyle because, yeah, know, being the bougie person in a relationship is not always fun when the other person is, like plain Jane. Right. So I like yeah. seeing this meme that I see all the time and it's always like, talk to your partner before you get married. What do you want to do with money, kids and all stuff? I'm like, isn't that fucking common sense at this point? But I'm realizing it's not, mm -hmm. it's not common sense to figure out what the fuck you're getting into before you get into it. You just jump in head first blindfolded still. Exactly. I think it's 2021 people. <laughs> I think it's also, it's like, you know, it's dependent on how you meet someone. I think if you meet someone on the app, you're basing it off of like profiles. So you're looking at things like location, age, job, you know, their interests, things like that. But if you meet someone out and you're at like, you know, the grocery store, or you're at the bar, you really are just kind of like, wow, I have a connection with this person. I want to keep on getting to know them. And then all the other things, you have no idea if they fit into those boxes. So you're kind of taking a random swing and you're hoping yeah. that connection fits with everything else that you, you know, that you want. So it's like, yeah, those conversations you think that people should be having in the beginning, they don't have them until like year two or three. And then that's when shit hits the fan. 
I know. And I just recently learned you have to like tell people what your intention is just for the relationship itself in order to get what you're expecting out of it. So like I can understand maybe at this point, but Jesus, that's a lot of stuff. Well, I think that people, especially if you've been single for a long time, like like the feeling and don't want to ruin the feeling or that the Mm -hmm. partner is uh, filling a void that they don't want to chase them away. Um, I, a lot of people say that they think people are going to change. I don't know how much I believe, like, do we really believe that people are going to change? Like, do people really say this still? Is this still a thing where people say this? Like, haven't we come far enough? What is your thought? What is your final thought on that? Do you think that people can change? Yes, no. no, Or do you have a a third answer to answer? I can, can I answer? Because obviously I'm going to chomp at the bit and answer first. I think the third, it's the third and it's if they want to, they will. Bingo. But there's certain things that I don't think people will change. No, there are not. There are. If somebody doesn't want to get married, if somebody doesn't want to have kids and somehow you've now convinced them or they've succumbed to the pressure of doing those things, they're just going to be resentful. Yeah, that's just a life full of resentment. So they changed, but it didn't turn out good. Yeah, (laughs) It's figuring out the things they're willing to change. It's like, what they Change like marriage, like your thoughts on marriage, your thoughts on kids. I mean, some people I do have to say, I have seen examples of someone saying they never wanted marriage or never wanted kids. And it just, I guess, you know, was not the right person. And then they ended up in a relationship right after, and that was the right person. And they really did change. So I really think it depends on three things. It's like, do you want to change? Is the person that you're with, are they, if you really, in my opinion, if you love them to in a certain way, you just want to be with them and you will find a way to, I guess, make it work for you if you're open to that, I guess, if it's the right person. And then at the same time, it's like, are you changing something that you're not going to regret, you know, at the end of the day, if it's like, hey, can you change like the fact that you're always late to things? I think that that's reasonable. <laughs> but if it's like, you change the fact that you don't want kids, uh, I think that's a little sticky. Yeah, right. that's another, that's a whole conversation, whole ass conversation to have without alcohol, you know, all the things. <laughs> I don't want you to commit to something that sober you is not ready for that type of stuff. (laughs) Well, before we started recording, we were talking about also the, the heavy weight of people being accountable for themselves. And I have a story. I straight up have a story that happened this week in the parking lot at the gym, whenever you're ready. Oh, let's get into the story. Talking about being accountable. So I had, I, well, I had two stories, but go ahead. <laughs> we can go into yours first. <laughs> oh, I'm very, this is like my happy hour. I'm ready. <laughs> so I was, I look homeless when I go to the gym on purpose and I don't try to smell good when I go to the gym. Like I'll go for just working out strictly because I don't need that extra attention on me. And I already get it a lot. So I'm trying to like avoid it at all costs. So I'm, I literally got out of my truck. I closed the door and I locked it. And before I had any opportunity to even look up, excuse me, I heard a, hey, baby. And I looked up and I was like, what's up? And he's like, why are you laughing at me? That's rude. And I said, well, I don't get hit on a lot anymore. He said, I'm not hitting on you. Motherfucker, don't try to gaslight me in the fucking parking lot. You're hitting on me. You said, hey, baby, you don't know me. I'm not your baby. You're hitting on me. Be accountable for it. You got caught up in some shit you weren't ready to get caught up in, and I caught you. <laughs> like, 
this <laughs> gaslighting thing like and that's like a whole nother discussion we have to go into after this because I yes. feel like that it's like oh my I can't even but just it's so that, much anymore just that situation because I, I want to hear Nicole's story too I, I feel like it's funny to me because guys have this thing where they they like to be like the hunters they like to go out they like to you know decide like I'm gonna go up to this female and approach her but then you know god forbid that they are they're, they're not getting the same like reciprocated <laughs> interests instead of them just kind of walking away and being okay with that because that's kind of just the name of the game like it's mm-hmm. really the numbers game half the time they decide to kind of come back at you and say like you're crazy I never had this interest in you they try to you know kind of put a negative spin on it and it's I feel like honestly they would have better luck if they were just honest about what their intentions were they when they walked up to you in the first place he didn't even have to say like ask me why I was laughing like that's that's his ego straight up coming out of nowhere and having to be made better. Like I, you don't no, know. Me. Maybe he was funny. I mean, he could have been funny, but it wasn't funny. He was upset. <laughs> like he was just straight the fuck up upset. And I was just like, I don't know what to do in this situation. It caught me so off guard. And then, you know, as I'm walking further away from him, I'm like, I'm sorry, bud. there's another person coming out saying, Oh my God, I love your hair. And so it's just like, uh, too overwhelming. I just left the house. This is so much. All right, Nicole, sorry, go. Your turn. I'll shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have two recent online stories, and both guys were from Bumble. And so guy number one, oh, and they're both late 30s or early 40s. Um, Guy number one uh, says he wants to, like, go on a date with me. We schedule something a week in advance, right? So it was a Sunday to Sunday situation. We were supposed to have brunch um, yesterday. And on Friday, we're just having regular, like, how's your day conversation. Saturday, he doesn't text me at all. Sunday morning, I wake up. I don't know, like, what he's thinking. I'm assuming he's not interested anymore because we didn't have a place picked out. We didn't have a time identified. And I even told him on Wednesday, midway through the week, I'm a planner. I'd like to have an idea of what time you're thinking for Sunday. And that's how we even got to brunch in the first place is because he was like, oh, well, I have to do this and this that day. And I'm like, okay, well, sounds like brunch is more optimal for your schedule. So I already gave him warning, right? Sunday morning rolls around. It's 930. So mm-hmm. I schedule I schedule myself to go to spin class at 1015 because I haven't heard from him. He texts me at 10 o'clock and says, good morning, beautiful. Still want to go to brunch. Mm. I say, I'm headed out the door to go to spin class because I hadn't heard from you. And he just says, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you want to do. Like, I didn't hear from you. I wasn't sure. I'll be out of spin class at 11 if you want to talk about it. And he just said, no, thanks. And that was it. I mean, that's, that's what he gets. But again, you asked me on a date. You had an entire week to plan it. We've talked almost every day leading up to it the day before if you're anybody who's considerate, you would 
confirm within 24 hours of like what you're going to be doing. I'm sorry, right? but like, like the initial conversation should have been like, what time on Sunday do you want to hang out? Oh, I don't know. I got this, this, and this to do. Oh, okay. So does noon work for you then? Yep. Noon that's works. what I'm saying. Like we kind of, that's the thing. We just landed around a kind of a zone, a time yeah. zone. <laughs> but that's like, that would have been my first here. indicator. Right. So I'm like, I just wasn't, I wasn't even planning on it happening because he, he basically now is also after it's fell through kind of blamed me anyway. like again a little bit of like a guess like, like wow like I'm the one who's shitty right yeah he's butt hurt and then um the other guy <laughs> we just exchanged a few messages on the app and he was like I'm really slow to respond on here like let's just move to phones or whatever you know give each other our phone numbers that sure fine so he texted me and just like, want to make sure that, you know, that you knew this was me saying hi, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was like, okay, well, it's kind of late. So, you know, not a good time. And he was like, we'll talk tomorrow. He says, we will talk tomorrow, right? Days go by, <laughs> not talk. Because again, he's the one who says, right? We and will talk so, tomorrow. Yeah. So he calls me randomly. He just calls me. Okay. I and mean, that's not really acceptable anymore in this. It's day not. Age. I'm going to get a pretext situation. Like, it can is I chat not on the acceptable. Phone? Why do you think that you can call me? Well, so <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you how oh. he says, he goes, um, oh, geez. He asked me when, uh, he goes, when can you chat? And I go, do you want to do a phone date? Like question mark. <laughs> and I was like, Wednesday or Thursday after eight, you know, it's Sunday. And he calls me like 30 minutes after I left that text message. And he's like, well, I just wanted to see if you were real. And this guy was going by the wrong name, not the wrong name, but he was using a different name on the app versus what he said to me on the phone. And I'm like, so you want to see if I'm real because you're the one who's lying. So you're just assuming other people are lying. And then he's like, well, and I just wanted to connect with you because we said we were going to talk the next day and then we never did. And I was like, yeah, why did that happen? He's like, well, you know, you didn't call me or whatever. I didn't. I'm like, I'm not the one who said I would, sir. <laughs> Red flag city. Red flag city. Like, I, I just love this. Oh my All God. of this, like, I, I, I am so happy though that this is happening before I'm spending actual time with these men. Like, I have not met them in person. I have not gone out on a date with them. I have allowed the universe to show me all of the signs before even taking things to another level. <laughs> you, you know what I wonder though when I when I hear these stories and I hear like these very simple things, like even at, at my job and as I'm matchmaking, we tell the men, whether they're clients or whether they're, you know, potential matches, we always say, you know, always reach out to the woman, like, you know, like follow up the day of, like to confirm the time and the place of the date, like, you know, just things that most people you would think is just common sense. You would do with your friends. Hey, are we still going to the bar later on? Right. Wouldn't you want to confirm with your friends that you're going to the bar? So why can't, why wouldn't you think to do it with someone you would want to impress like a date? So it's weird when I see so many men making the same mistakes over and over again, because I'm wondering, like, where are they seeing that this is working? 
for anyone. Right. I don't think that's the thing. I think it's a matter of the, the quantity, not the quality, the quantity of women they go through. Eventually one of them is going to be like, Oh, ignorant to their wet red flags. And Oh, I'll just do everything for us and you and take care of you. Like your mom probably did for you. And then they're like, Oh, great. They found another one that'll take care of them. And then that's how they get into the relationship. It's not because they put an effort. It's because women out here are willing to be ignorant to the red flags or they can't see them or they think they can fix somebody and they fall in love with what could be instead of what's actually well it could be a self-worth thing i mean yeah they might just be like this guy is really hot and not they might not be feeling too great about themselves and so they want to you know Mm -hmm. do whatever to appease the situation because there's somebody paying attention to them yeah personally i need you to put in some effort especially for a brunch because you can't even go to a restaurant without a reservation nowadays and you have to sit there for an hour hour and a half i don't want to sit there for an hour with somebody i don't know before we've even sat at a table Mm-mm. no thank you <laughs> yeah, I, I i agree with you and also i i agree with like the quantity statement i feel like there's always going to be someone who's willing to accept less and that's where right. the problem lies because how you're saying like, you know, you called me like three days after you told me that we would talk tomorrow. And the thing is, there is definitely a female out there that would just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to cancel spin class. Where are you at? And then right there that already in the stamp of approval, like what I did was okay. Or there's, there's going to be someone who thinks that what I did was okay. Yeah. And a hundred percent, I would have been, so I would have been that Nicole if about what two three years ago whatever I would have been that person to be like oh I didn't hear from you so I went ahead and did all this and they'd be like wow I'd be like oh I'm sorry I could cancel we could still go out what time you want to go like I would be that person mm-hmm. but now I look at the bigger picture and I'm like that's not acceptable fuck mm-hmm. that not yeah. okay I used to be that person too I feel like we all had to have been that person to get to the point of who we are today but I definitely yeah. that person where I remember this one time I was dating this guy and when I was in college and uh, I was so fascinated with him. I just got out of like a two and a half year relationship and um, this new guy was, he just kind of made me swoon all the time. And I was uh, traveling, I was in Philadelphia at the time and it was his birthday and he was living in New York, which I was living there too, but I was visiting my family, but I didn't know if he wanted to hang out or not. I was waiting for a text message. So I just was like, you know what? It's fine. I'm just going to go to Philadelphia for a weekend. I didn't hear from him for like over a week. And then I get one text message that tells me, hey, yeah, cool. I'd be down to hang out. I guess his plans fell through. I took an Amtrak in the middle of the night to try to get there on his birthday. I spent like hundreds of, yeah, I don't, I, girl, I'm. I would have done the same shit. I'm only doing because I know. Yeah. Early twenties me would have been on it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, went to, I remember I went to like, I remember I got into, back into New York at like two o'clock in the morning. I went to Dwayne Reed and tried to run down the aisles to get things for like a cute little birthday gift and stuff. And mind you, clearly that guy ended up not being the one and he ended up just being so crappy and he actually ended up just ghosting me in the end of that. But like, it's just crazy. Cause I'm like, wow, the fact that I was willing to make so many sacrifices for someone who was just like, oh. right. And then you look back and they, I used to be like, oh, it's just an adventure. But now I'm like, no, nah, man, that's a bunch of sleep you could have fucking had. What's wrong with you? <laughs> a lot of money you could have saved. A lot of yeah. time. <laughs> that's, yeah, that too. But sleep. <laughs> sleep is definitely up there for sure. It gets harder when you get older, people. Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it would be, those were emotions I could have saved <laughs> for somebody who actually cared about mine. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I don't really have a tether on those yet, so I can't really go there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Anika, I want more stories from you though. So you started what you're doing now because obviously you've seen some shit. So what was your turning point? What was the last straw for you? I mean, well, okay. Truthfully, like I'm a romantic, like I'm a Libra, you know, I don't know if you're into astrology or all that. Oh yes. uh, We know. I'm a sucker for that. So I'm a Libra. I'm really into like romance, love. And I've always like, you know, been into like, everyone has a person da, 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 da. and I've, I felt like every romantic relationship I've ever had has just been me like trying to fall head over heels in that person and think that person is like Prince Charming. And they're honestly, every single one has been a dud clearly. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know, I felt like if, I am able to I think I kind of got into the skill of like reading people really well and um, I'm really good at socializing and having good conversation so then I was like you know what there has to be some type of career for this and then I honestly just kind of fell into the world of matchmaking and I love working with people who are just so vulnerable and willing to put themselves out there because I think that that's what you know dating and being in love and finding a partner is all about and um, I've loved the journey ever since I've been doing it for like five years now um, and yeah, there definitely has its like negative sides. Like, you know, you set up with someone with a bad date, they're going to want to curse you out. But then you also have <laughs> good times where you get a text message in the morning. They're like, oh my God, I think this person is great. Thank you so much. You're amazing. And I'm like, great. So it balances out. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would definitely say actually my biggest turning point in my personal dating experience has been like me writing a book because that's been like a big plateau for me. And I mean, I've never been into like writing or anything, but the date, the book is about, um, you know, getting through a breakup and getting back into the dating scene. And that for me was something that I wrote because I was dealing with it in my own personal life. I was in like a three-year relationship. It ended suddenly, he ended up dating his friend two months after. And I, cause I found out it was just, I have no, yeah. It just was like such Anytime a. Anytime that a man oh. dates somebody seriously that quickly, I just automatically assume that there was something going on. Exactly. While, like earlier while they were in the other relationship. And how do you not expect, you know, assume those things. And it's like, it's right. hard to think about that when you're like, wow, like I've been with this person and integrated in their family and friends for like the past, like almost three years. Like, you know, and then you kind of get that shock. So, and then, you know, it broke me for sure. But then I was like, wow, I kind of went on like a little rampage where I was like, let me do everything that everyone ever said you need to do when you're trying to get through a breakup. Cause this probably was my biggest heartbreak. So I've like booked trips. I've slept with random people. I've like, you know, went on multiple dates. I've gotten into a full blown relationship. Um, you did your hair. I, I, I changed my hair. <laughs> you know, spent a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got all new outfits. You know, I tried to change my career. Did did all those things, and now moving. <laughs> I'm actually moving back to Thailand. Um, and I'm doing that on Thursday. So that that's also like another thing. So like, oh my goodness. So yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like your personal life affects what you do in your career, and like. I'm almost thankful for it because I'm like, wow, like the things I've been achieving just within like the last few months of like being from this person, I didn't realize I even had that potential because I was so focused on like trying to keep this relationship that was dying afloat, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And okay. So does your, is your clientele, um, are they the same or do you have like a variety random? 
they range. So my clientele can be someone in New York, someone in Philadelphia, someone in Los Angeles, someone in DC. Usually the location that you are currently are living in, that's the clients you tend to take because you know the area. If you want to suggest like different areas for like, you know, date spots, it's a little bit useful in terms of geographical like connection. Mm -hmm. um, but I have lived in LA. Um, I have lived in New York. I've lived in Philly. Um, I visited DC a lot. So for me, it's not like that big of a deal. Um, but you know, race wise, you know, we have all different races age wise. I would say 28 to my oldest client I've ever had was maybe 57, I think, or 59 was my oldest client, men, women. Um, yeah. I mean, they all are in so many different like professions. Like you never know, you know, I never know when I'm going to get an email and say like, this is like, you know, you know, your new client. And I'm like, it can be. 80. Anybody. That's, yeah. that's, that's got to be so fun. Exciting. Yeah. It's yeah. like a scratch off. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of human am I getting today? <laughs> so when you go to Thailand, are you going to keep doing the matchmaking? Or are you changing professions? Still doing the matchmaking. Luckily, I can do it online. Thank God for people understanding that digital, like doing things digitally actually works and working from home is actually a thing. Like if people are working from home and all you need is internet, my home is just going to be in a different country. That's all. I mean, yes, Which is cool. time zones are going to be a little weird, but like, I'm just going to make it work. I've done it before and I just have to maybe have some late nights, early mornings, but you know, you make it work. I was going to say, but it's worth it if you're living in your actual paradise. If like Thailand's where you thrive, yes. then why not live your best life if you can? So hell yeah, kudos. That's what I'm saying. I just feel like life is too short as like, you know, everyone always says that and they're like, oh, life is too short. And I'm like, but it really is. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, it really is. You really never know. So it's like, right. I'm going to do like everything. I've done it. I did a podcast before where I was just talking about, they were like, why do you do so many things? I'm like, because like life is actually short and like why not just try everything right. if you like it and if you do then keep on doing it because it makes you happy and if you don't like it cool you've like gotten through the things you don't like isn't that right yeah what life is about? that's the whole point that's the I'm very much the point. same I'm very much about making life about experiences and trying to travel but that I mean that includes everything even with some dates that I've gone on that would not typically fit into my mold or what I would necessarily be pumped up to do sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't but it's an experience <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like you have to have that mentality when you're yeah. in the dating world though like if you and that's I tell my clients that all the time if like if you're gonna get beat down every single date I'm like you need we need to change your mindset here because every date you go on I'm like it's either a funny story that you can tell with your girlfriends when you're drunk over wine night or you know you learn something about yourself or you know you got a good meal Right. Yeah. There's always a silver lining. And if we always focus on the negatives of everything, we're never going to have a positive experience. So we got to remember there's a balance. It's not always black and white. I'm with you. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. So you said, though, that you're moving back to Thailand. So exactly. this is round two. What round got you three. there? Oh, round three. Oh, no. you just can't stay away. You're, you've, is this permanent <laughs> now? Or like, how did this happen? <laughs> oh, you just can't stay away. <laughs> you know, I honestly, I feel like it's so, it's so addicting. It's like, you know, a really good, like, like one night stand that it turned into like a two night stand, a three night stand, because it's like, damn, like, I really just want to together. like, it really is good. So yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I love it. I started off in Bali. I had like a random quarter life crisis like five years ago and was like what do I do I don't know what I want to do I was living in LA at the time and uh, are you from LA 
No, but uh, I'm originally from New York. I moved to LA because I did some reality TV. And I was like, well, this is what like everyone does after that. So I did the whole LA thing. And I was just like, you know what? I need a little bit more substance in my life after being out there for, you know, two years. And so I was like, I went on Google and I was like, what do people do when they like don't know what they want to do? And then everything just said travel. So I was like, all right, I booked a one-way ticket to Bali. And then I tried to do that Julia Roberts, eat, pray, love thing. And it worked for me. (laughs) It worked for me. me. I I met some really dope ass people in Bali. Um, You know, some really good friends who I'm still friends with now, like, you know, four years later. And they're the ones who told me about Chiang Mai. They were like, you want to be a place in a place that's beautiful, but better Wi-Fi. And I said, yes, because the Wi-Fi here sucks. And they were like, go to Chiang Mai. And then that's how I found out about Thailand. So I just kept on traveling back. And yeah, I'll be there for at least a year this time. That's ex- that's excellent. That's so fun. And are you're your, not afraid. Are your parents and family and everything supportive? Oh yeah, like my dad was a jazz musician, my mom was a flight attendant. Like they I've oh. been traveling since like I even before I even knew what traveling was. So I'm like, this is they're like, Oh yeah, like, you know, we'll see you. And I was like, Okay, bye. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, you know, realistically it takes like what? 22 hours to get from here to Asia. I'm like, that's technically less than a day. That's not that much time to get to the other side of the world. It's just so much time sitting in a plane, but it's worth it. Yeah. Worth it. Take a lot of, a lot of naps and just like, worth you know, it. Yeah. Well, if you're staying for an extended period of time, it's totally worth it. If you ever want to take the trip, let me know. Yes, I do. Damn it. I'm all about <laughs> it. Let's run it. If I know somebody there, it's even better. That's, I think, the one thing that's been holding me back a lot from traveling the Asian countries is I don't have a caretaker and I am, I need one. I would definitely say that the dating scene out there is also very interesting. I'm not sure oh, yeah. what you're into, but I, well, the reason why I like just dating out there is because you just never know what you're going to find. And I so think like, that. Wait, so do you go, do you actually actually date while you're there? Oh, 100%. Actually, the person that I unfortunately ended up having this situation with, I met him out there. Okay. um, And he ended up living, you know, in New York as well. So it just ended up working out that way. But in general, there's definitely like the, the pick of the lot out there, I definitely would have to say is like really you know, good looking guys. Um, I would say people who are very open because when you were traveling, I feel like that's the mentality you're looking for. So mm-hmm. you really are always kind of like bumping into people who are like, you know, there. no one has a type. It's really just kind of like, do you vibe? And I feel like that's what we're kind of missing in America almost. Mm-hmm. There's too many stereotypes that I feel like people say that they don't have, but they actually, even when they're swiping or when they're out at a club that they almost like don't, they have blinders on where they can't even, see who the potential is because they think that they should be looking for a specific type of person physically yeah it's that unconscious bias exactly exactly and that's why dating abroad is so fun because I feel like everybody's just like oh we vibe you vibe I vibe great yeah and and I feel like in New York the dating scene is a little bit more like what do you do what can you do for me what have you done show me your rap sheet kind of thing yeah absolutely would agree with that it's kind of the same like that and Detroit area as well because that's where we're at Mm -hmm. but it's a lot of like um what can you do for me what can you get me you have to accept my kids that's the other thing I come as a package deal I have children okay we know everybody has children now we know (laughs) well I'm curious like when so when you when people say that to you do you feel as though they're saying that because they clearly have have had past experiences of people just being like oh like I'm not acknowledging that you have kids like maybe maybe 
or maybe, you know, they think that they get into the relationship and they can change the relationship with the child once they're in it. I'm not sure. I don't date people with children. I'm actually in a relationship. I have been for almost two years now and things are going great, thankfully. But, you know, it's it when I was dating, I dated a guy that had children once it really didn't work out. The next guy I dated with children, it was even worse, in my opinion, after like looking back, I was like, I didn't like those kids at all. It really had a negative impact on my life because they were around so much. And so now I'm like, if there's ever a reason for me to be single again, and you know, I go through and I'm just, I'm not interested in being with anybody who's got children, period. I don't want to deal with their grandbabies that aren't mine. I just don't want to deal. That's where I feel like the apps are great because most of the time I end up matching with guys who don't have children. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I mean, that's, and that's, I'm doing that kind of on purpose, but I I'm open to people who have kids. I haven't had any bad experiences with guys who have kids, but um, that is one nice thing is you can kind of weed them out. (laughs) Well, like I'm curious. So when you're swiping, like what is like your thought process? Like, I know when I've ever swiped, sometimes, like, honestly, I get arthritis in my thumbs because I'm a, I've, I haven't swiped in a minute, but last time I swiped. A serial I, swiper? I'm a, I swipe, swipe, swipe. I don't even get Did you get a second. Wait, it's like, the- I, you don't catch me and with my eye in 2.2 seconds, I'm gone. So, but that's how I swipe. Everyone has their different swiping personality. So what is your swiping personality and how do you go about <sighs> Man. It's I'm a I'm a like a very vain human being when I'm first off the bat. Like I know that people are definitely not surface deep, but if I don't physically find you attractive, that means I'm probably not going to give you the right amount of attention you need, mm-hmm. and that's not fair to you. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I was completely crazy and I needed that kind of attention. But yeah, typically I want to make sure that I'm physically attracted to that person, which is sad, but I can admit it. <laughs> I feel like we all feel that way. Just right. Like, yeah. I'm like. Why would you want to swipe right on somebody that you wouldn't want to sleep with? Exactly. Like, I, I feel like initially you're just like, would I fuck this guy? Yes or no? Like that. <laughs> well, because it's a lust versus something else thing. You know what I mean? Like, I could definitely look at a guy be like, I could fuck you and not have to worry about it. And then like, you know, then the children don't matter. But if I'm trying to get to be with somebody that I want to like look at for the next 20 years, I want to make sure they're like pretty. <laughs> pretty to me. Pretty. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, I mean, hey, I am definitely I have to agree with that as well. I'm definitely a vain person. And I don't like it that much. But I do have to say like, I if I'm swiping or if I'm just dating, like, I do think that physical attraction is important. I have heard people say before, like, oh, I'll grow to be attracted to them. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But for me, that's not that's not gonna work. I've tried. It doesn't work. See, for me, I'm the same. Like I've been in, I've been in situationships with men and I've been like, I just can't get over the fact that you look like Humpty Dumpty. I just can't. I love you to death, but I can't get into a relationship with you because I physically don't find you attractive. And I think that's the saddest thing for me, but also maybe a blessing because otherwise I'd be a serial relationship human being. So I just love, I just love people for their individuality and like what they bring to the table personality wise. So I feel like the physical thing is really kind of good for me to have. <laughs> well, okay, but then that brings me to like, how did you even get to that point though, where you were even in a situation with them if you if there was no attraction there? Like is, Because is- I can't I couldn't hold myself like this was when I was younger and like I wouldn't necessarily acknowledge my emotions or process them properly. And it was like 
you know, lots of alcohol involved in the situations as well. And so it was a matter of like, I knew this person's personality was stellar and stunning and it was a hundred percent we clicked. But then I looked at them and I was like, I cannot imagine being naked with you. It bums me out. So that's how that worked. My situation is a little bit different where I've dated a couple of guys who checked off all of the boxes or a lot of them, uh, extremely kind and chivalrous, true gentlemen. Um, and not that they were unattractive, but it's just that there wasn't that chemistry there and they weren't like attractive enough for me to be like, I want to jump on you when I see you, you yeah, know, the like there's a, there's a, a level of attractiveness where I was like, he's a, he's a decent looking guy, but I just wasn't like feeling, uh, yeah, revved so up to, do you feel like that's necessary? Like for the whole duration, like of the relationship, no. you feel as though like, just like in the beginning, you're, you need to have that, like, I want to jump your bones. Or do you feel like it's something that like, you know, like how I want to be able to. I want to be able to tell you I want to jump your bones in 30 years, just like I did the first day I met you type situation. You know, I feel like passion is incredibly important in relationships. So for me, yeah. I mean, it's great if it's there, but the reality is that it's not always going to be there. I mean, yeah, there's going to be times in well. your relationship where if you're together 30 years, you're going to sometimes go into areas where you maybe you're more like friends than you are like partners. And so you can't guarantee that that's going to be there. But for me, um, not having like not having it there in the beginning is um, a little detrimental. But then also what happened is in those circumstances, the sexual chemistry was also off. Damn. So that's why, like, I even gave it the opportunity to see if we would like vibe in the bedroom more. Um, but it, so far, I think I've attempted this three or four times and it, it does not work. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's like different levels of like compatibility. There's like the sexual right. compatibility. There's like the friendship level compatibility. There's like the emotional compatibility, you know, physical. Like, I feel like I'm not saying that they all need Layers. to be at the exact same time, but you need to have like more than one there right. at a time to kind of like know that you can continue to carry your relationship through the like the longevity through the journey mm -hmm. because it's like if all you have is just like you know the sex and then you know nothing else it's not good screwed, you know right. or if it's just like the emotional and then like someone gets depressed or loses their job you need to be able to have the friend you know level to be able to right. be there and comfort them so there's definitely like a lot of levels there and I it, it makes me think like how complex relationships are and how we put so much pressure on them to work when it's really not, it's, 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 it's not as easy as it sounds. There are a lot of facets, you know, it's like a lot of work. It is a little bit of a, a job, you know, not in the negative way of like, Oh my gosh, I hate this. But like, you do have to put in time, energy, effort, love, right. money. Right. It doesn't yeah. just happen to drum up and then boom, there it is in your life. And it's a really happy, like accompaniment. No. Mm -hmm. there's actually you need to work at it Nicole I have a question for you hmm. if any of those men that you were with who you didn't have the sex sexy time vibes with if they were like to rock your world in the bedroom would that make you see them differently possibly yes <laughs> mm -hmm. bring it gents y'all gotta bring it if you're ugly mm -hmm. 
bring that game. <laughs> well, let's be clear. Like these guys weren't ugly. That's why I said it. It's not know, that they were unattractive, but um, <laughs> there was there was something missing on a physical and sexual level, and I can't have both levels not hitting the targets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I dated this guy um, after right after my breakup, and I the the sexual attraction was definitely there. The emotional was kind of there, but what was missing for me was I felt like there was almost like a, I know this sounds kind of weird, but like a layer of like, like deep deafness that I feel like, you know, when you like, you need to almost like connect on like this really deep emotional like layer. And for me, I'm like a very emotionally available person. I'm a, you know, very much an open book. I have no problem telling someone how I feel. And I feel like, um, he was like the definition of someone who looks great on paper, but like, there was that one thing that was missing. Like we were saying mm-hmm. for me, it was just like, I don't know, like, I don't know if you can get there with me emotionally. Like, can we sit right. outside, you know, all night long and just talk about nothing? Yeah. Know? But if it's too surface level, it's not going to grow. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yep. So outside of also not being able to connect on these certain levels and that's when you're staying put (laughs) you are also doing dating as a digital nomad which means you're moving all around and so now now all these people are moving targets (laughs) or you are (laughs) it makes it kind of fun to be honest with you like there's two parts to it I think that like a part of my life like loves that whole like you know in each city, there's somebody that you can kind of hit up kind of thing. But then there is also like the other side of things where like, you know, I have dated someone where they've also been a a digital nomad. So we've traveled together. So I saw like the positives and the negatives of that. But then there's also just, you know, the positive, positives and negatives of being like a, a single, you know, solo traveler. So, I mean, honestly, I've done all three, they all have their positives (laughs) and negatives, but, um, Dating as a digital nomad in itself is definitely, I feel like, a different experience. Like I was telling you guys earlier, dating is hard, is already hard as it is, um, just without people kind of being moving targets. But I almost feel like, in a way, that that transforms, like, the way that our minds work in terms of, like, how we move forward in things and how we move in relationships. So I think that, realistically, maybe if I was someone who wasn't so quick to change my life and pick up and move different places and be a traveler. If a relationship ending for me almost kind of sounds like, um, I think it would have taken longer for me to get over if I kind of was doing the same thing over and over again. But for me, I'm used to my life always kind of having constant change. So as much as I did want it to work, I'm kind of like, okay, so this is the next change this is the next chapter, but this is how mm-hmm. I also live my life. So it's very interesting. I don't know how most digital nomads kind of think about relationships but I do know that I think it's a kind of like the same general baseline of for the most people for the most part people do want to find their person that they can kind of travel with but um you know you just got to find this you got to find the right person at the right time who has the right schedule who wants to travel like you on the same level as you spend the same money as you want to go to the same places as you has the same that's schedule. just that's, a that's like another layer to add into that relationship you know oh. equation I think, but if you can remove like the fact that you have to run a household and those types of things, maybe it balances out. But one thing I keep thinking of is like accountability and trust as a digital nomad is probably a lot more difficult to wrangle because of the nature of the fact that you're traveling and you're constantly digital. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've met couples who've traveled abroad where some of them travel like together all the time and some of them actually take little trips, you know, and they do like, they meet up with their friends or like, you know, one of them is like a local of that country. So only one of them can travel. And honestly, like I have never seen as much trust in these relationships. I actually see it more abroad than I actually do in America. I don't know why, again, I don't know what that is, but I think it is really interesting, but there is a lot of trust there. Um, I think it also depends on like, the people that you're meeting, these are all these people that I'm talking about. They're from like the UK and, you know, they're from, uh, not America. Yeah. Basically (laughs) not America. So I don't know what, what's, what we're sitting over here, but something's going on. You know, we we have the trust issues over here, but like over there, I definitely have said like, uh, it's, it's almost like mind blowing when I see them in situations and I see how much trust these couples have with each other. But I almost feel like it's a part of their spirit and that's kind of like why they do this whole type of lifestyle in the first place like I'm a very trusting person and I never think to do anything distrustful so I give someone else that trust Um, do the same thing yeah and I feel like that's usually the type of mentality that you kind of run into abroad you know and then of course you know people kind of have their issues and they you know things happen and then you you start to be a little bit distrustful but I think if that's how you who you are at the core you're always going to be that way That and these, especially if you're a couple and you're traveling together, it's kind of, it's not really you against the world, but it's like the two of you have each other. You don't have mom and dad in the background. You don't have brother or sister off to the side. Like you're just going to, yeah, you're just going to be like, we're going to make this work or we're not and we're going to (laughs) go do our own traveling or whatever but it seems to be like it would be more clear cut because there's just not other opportunities as easily around you Mm -hmm. you know you would think I've, i've also heard some like tragic stories too like i've had friends who they've been you know they've been dating their significant other for like maybe like a year almost or maybe like eight months and then they went on a trip with them to another country and then one day the guy decides he wants to work at a co-working space one day and he just never comes back. And that, that was just the end of that. So it's just kind did of they like, do, in this situation, did they move there or vacation? They were moving there because it was the, the pandemic. So they relocated to a different country. And then I guess he was just, I, I have no idea because I don't know what someone. Wow. Does. Yeah. But, and it's like things like that, but I feel like in in this weird digital nomad world, people think they can do that. They can just kind of like as quickly as they can rush into things, which I think is a personality trait of people who do the dating digital nomad. They're like, oh my God, I see you. I want to be with you forever. We're like already moving in. But then you have your opposite where they're like, you know what? Today I woke up and I'm just not feeling this. And then they leave. <laughs> I'm envisioning the the television series about these people like in my mind i already see the reality show following these people <laughs> digital nomads and date dates or something like that just there you go don't tell me what our ideas are we're gonna this is gonna be on netflix next year i'm sure it'll yeah be like- trademark <laughs> some shit we copyright ownership trademark copyright homemade chronicles boom what would be like the commentary and we'll just like tape how people are basically just dating digitally but yeah it'll just it'll just be your footage that you take on your phone and then we'll turn that into a series (laughs) (laughs) you like i i have enough footage for 
to us to definitely have a show. So just hit up Netflix and we're good to go. Girl, I'm talking TLC money. I'm not talking Netflix. We want to drag know, this out as long as possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a 90 day fiance spinoff, really. Uh, I love 90 Day Fiance, but I also love Married at First Sight. That's my actual true. Married at First Sight is mine. 90 Days, Sarah. Yeah. It's, I am obsessed. And now I've gotten obsessed with other stuff that's just, you know, you can see why maybe these people are a little messed up in the head because the relationship with their parents is so fucked. <laughs> people never talk about that, I feel like. Until people, I feel like. That's an interesting thing because I, I mean, I don't know about you, but like how much are you getting to know people's family or their relationship with their family when you go on a first few dates with someone you don't know until you like, you know, you start to realize, okay, you know what? I'm going to hang out with their family or we're going to hang out with their friends or I'm going to see how they are around their family. You start to notice like little twerks, little, little things, or then you spend time with their family and their family, their parents have little things that go on and you're like, mm, okay, this is why my partner is like that. But by that <laughs> yeah. time, you're already knees deep in it. So right, like, you're invested. <laughs> You're invested. Yeah, maybe our maybe our opening question is, what is the worst trait you've carried around for um, for your parents? Like, like maybe we need to ask the parent question. <laughs> I think that that should definitely be a prerequisite. I mean, to be, <laughs> but to, be to be honest with you, that's why I'm just like when I have so many people when I when I'm like out and people love the conversation topic. Oh, like what do you do? And it's like I'm a matchmaker, and they're like, what? That's crazy. And then there comes always the question. It's like well, why do you need a matchmaker when there's like dating apps or when you can just meet people in person? I said, there's nothing that's better or worse than the other. I think it's just your preference of how you'd like to go about dating. And that's what I always say. And I always say, with that being said, the people that want to use a matchmaker for them, they just decided that's the route they want to take. And they want to be able to have someone say, you know, what are your prerequisites? Do you have a relationship with your mom that's good or bad? What do you have? Are your parents still married? Like, you know, do you like dogs? You know, what is your, you know, all those things. Like, I think that it depends on where, where you are at in your dating, in your dating journey tells you where you want to go and how you want to go about, you know, searching for, you know, your potential partner. And I don't think that there's a right way or a, a wrong way, but I ha I do see people, they tend to shame um you know swiping and they shame you know using matchmakers and everyone always just says meet people in real life and i'm like real life where now how it's digital now it's cold don't fucking talk to me when i'm out in public and i don't know you i don't have any interest in meeting my man at a fucking grocery store in the parking lot of my gym thank you but no it's covid we have masks it's just, it's yes. just a, you know it's, so it's like it's really weird to me when i when i hear those statements because i'm like we everyone works from home for Christ's sake. <laughs> it's like Apple versus Android or like Mac versus PC conversation. Yeah. It's like yeah. you what kind of car do you drive? Why? Because you like that kind of car? Well, I like this kind of car. So yeah. we're yeah. different. Well, it's also it different levels of uh what you can afford. That, that too. That too. <laughs> that too. No. That's the investment. <laughs> So there's that. Oh my goodness. Well, we're going <laughs> to transition into add a girl time. And this is a little segment where we just like to end on a positive note, say something good that's happened to us or something good that we've done. Uh, just to kind of wrap up the episode um, after talking about all that dating bullshit. So I've, if you need me to, Sarah, I can go first. Or if you've got something right off the top, feel free. Go ahead. Okay. 
I actually um, am very proud of myself for going to spin class on a Sunday morning. And um, I know that we touched on the fact that I went and it wasn't like in spite of the fact that I had these brunch plans that I wasn't sure were going to happen or not. It was because on the night before I hung out with a bunch of people that I go to spin class with. And so there was all this peer pressure for me to go the next day because they were all going. And I usually don't go on the weekend because that's like my time for me to do whatever I want. Not necessarily exercising is one of those things. So I go. Let me tell you how half the people that were trying to convince me to go weren't there. So my instructor said, thanks for showing up. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Go me. I showed up today. (laughs) That's for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl. Amazing. I, um. I'm really proud of you for going (laughs) on the weekend because you do have just a jam-packed week all the time. And so that you're giving yourself to that exercise situation on the weekends is impressive. I'm happy for you. Oh, yeah. Well, and then I also did all the leaves in my yard and driveway and everything and put them down at the curb. And that was a nice hour and a half activity after that. So, Oh, my. Well. Yeah. You burned a lot of calories that day. I did. That's what I'm saying. So, um, my Atta girl's not as aggressive as hers, but I, <laughs> well, maybe it is. I don't know. So I've been going to the gym regularly. It's part of my like self-care medical, you know, routine, whatever. And, um, I have successfully been able to take my weights. I'm currently squatting 145 pounds, which is like over 10 pounds more than what I weigh. So that's like a huge achievement for me considering I have a autoimmune disease that makes my muscles weak <laughs> I would say so. so yeah so I'm proud of myself because I am not letting um I'm not letting like the concept of me not being able to do something stop me from doing the things I think I want to do and um for fear of like the repercussions of not having enough energy to get through my week if I expend it all at the gym basically and so I've not let that kind of anxiety stop me from achieving some crazy goals in the gym which I've never actually achieved before. And then, you know, because of that, my body is changing in a great way. And I'm really excited about it. (laughs) I got my booty back. Add a girl. Thank you. Yes, that's awesome. Honestly, I feel like, wow. Okay, so Nicole, then Sarah decides to say something physical. And I'm like, I don't really have anything physical because I'm not like keeping up at the gym. That's actually something that I want to do. So let's hope that you know I get a gym membership soon and I stick I mean I didn't do my laundry (laughs) I didn't do my laundry I didn't clean my house didn't my my toilet could be you know bleached there are things that I put aside so don't worry (laughs) I mean but that 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 physical health is 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 pretty important but I would say my add a girl is getting through my move this week moving cross country to Thailand for sure um, and then I would also say on a smaller scale, um, I have a habit of like be- being a horrible texter. I suck at texting and I suck at getting, getting back to people. And like, you know, I'm always like, let's get drinks, let's do lunch. And I gave myself this last month that I was home to reach out to 28 people and see, talk, have dinner with all of them before I left for a while. And I got through my whole list and that makes me just feel good. Cause these are people I haven't seen and like years and I was like I have to see them before I go away again so you're worried about our physical 
That was a lot a, of scheduling. That's an aggressive well, social I, atta girl. Come on. I feel, <laughs> I, feel a little, I feel a little exhausted and definitely willing like, to have some me time. But yeah, yeah. definitely. Especially if you're saying the, the same shit over and over. Oh my <laughs> right? girl, yes. Did you hand him a card? <laughs> just like a. <laughs> Here's what's happening. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, by like the by the fifth call was like wait hold up i actually like have a schedule of how this call is gonna go so let me just tell you real quick what's happening with me and then you can just like update me on your life and then we'll do closing remarks and then that'll be it okay <laughs> closing <laughs> remarks yeah well it's been good knowing you toodaloo <laughs> right we have a packed agenda the- today guys <laughs> packed agenda it'll probably be the last time we hang out right probably <laughs> We're kind of petering out. You know, I'm reaching out yeah. just to say goodbye, basically. Right. Right. We'll circle back if I ever come back to America. <laughs> that's always that's always the last note in there. It's like, you know, like, you will you not follow follow me on, on Instagram. It's like then that's that's how that's how people feel like they keep in contact anyway. So I'm like, as long as we have social media, then we got something. <laughs> well, tell everybody how they can find you. Uh, yeah. so you guys can follow me on my social media pages. I have two, my company page, which is at ask. Anika, and then on my personal page, where of course Nicole and Sarah were talking about my bouginess, where it's more lifestyle based, and that is at Nika Rashawn. So go ahead and follow me. You can also check out my website, askanika.com, where you can find out what I'm up to, all the things I'm doing, um, sign up for the waitlist for my book, um, find out about all the speaking engagements I'm doing, and just like all things lifestyle, travel, and dating. And yeah, that's pretty much it. When are you doing the panel discussion that you were telling us about? The panel discussion is December 6th to December 8th. It's Digital Nomad Week. Okay, cool. Well, thank you. It's been so much fun having you to just chat with at this hour or however long it's been has flown by. So thank you for giving us some of your time as well when it's your birthday and you're moving across the world. Like, I don't, I feel so privileged that we're strangers and we got some of your time. Um, Yeah, no kidding. I feel like this was meant to happen, honestly. I'm all about the the energy of the world. So it flowed right. So it It did. It did. And everyone can follow us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. We also have a closed group on Facebook where we share extra naughty bits. Uh, It's called the Homance Chronicles, a judgment free zone. And you can um, obviously link or link like, rate, subscribe, review, do all the things wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much again. Homance out.